0: in to this episode of Farscast. Hope you guys are doing well. Let me just double check and make sure we are broadcasting this properly. I had some had some tech issues before we started. So, yes, uh I do see we are live on uh, on Facebook. We tried to do Facebook and Inst- and Instagram but uh, the whole thing was a mess uh, but we'll uh, we'll just keep it for uh, we'll just keep it on Facebook for now but nonetheless people listening to the podcast version don't even know what the hell's going on uh, welcome in everyone my name is Farzing Vasugin welcome into this episode of Farzcast. hope you guys are doing well It've been a couple of weeks since I've last done a podcast uh, the last one uh, Zach and DJ joined me you guys all know who Zach and DJ are. The regulars on this podcast. Uh, Zach's been with me for a while. Uh, We did a lot of episodes of The Chiefs on together. And then before that, we had Jimmy Chavez, uh, who is with Jayhawk IMG, and Freddie Coleman of ESPN Radio. So some really good podcasts lately. Definitely check them out uh, if you guys get a chance. Uh, A lot of good content on those uh, podcasts. But on this episode right now, joining me, as you see in the title, author and educator, Melody McAllister is here with me. Uh, she also does her own live cast on her Facebook page, so go check out, look up Melody McAllister, and you'll find her live broadcast on there, talking to a lot of people in and around education. Melody, what's going on? Welcome back.
1: Hey, Farzine, it's so good to be back, and it's so funny. I learned a lot about Instagram in the last 45 minutes, but it's great to be on your show again. I absolutely love you. If I could make you my little brother, like I would, I would adopt you if that were possible. So thanks for having me back.
0: (laughs) This narrative changed real fast. You used to say that I am your brother. Now you're saying if I if I could, I would make you my brother.
1: No, I mean legally. Like if I could legally do it, I would. Like you are my little brother.
0: The problem is a different
1: mother. And people
0: Well, people don't know this. But Melody Melody and I, we were on Mari and sitting right next to each other. I'm worst day of my life. Mari looked at me straight in the eyes and said, You are the brother. And Melody was celebrating and dancing. I was pissed off. I, I went backstage and, you know, I flipped off a few of the camera guys. I I, I tossed a chair across the room. I think I broke something. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, Melody. Uh, I, I am Melody's little brother. Contrary to popular belief.
1: That's right. It's legal. It's blood. It's DNA. You can't dispute that. Not if it's been on Maury. So.
0: What do you, I, I just saw you uh, lift your glass. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a uh, Boulevard Ginger Lemon Rattler.
1: I am drinking a bourbon whiskey and I forgot what brand it is because I'm trash.
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Cheers to that. Woo! <laughs> Anything exciting in the news today?
1: Um, hello exciting things are happening today we could have been preparing for the worst but we most of us most of my friends anyway are celebrating we are so glad to see that um, the police officer that murdered george floyd he was guilty on all three charges against him i don't even want to say his name but i will say that his last name is a lot like chauvinist which i think is not too far off but yeah it's a celebration my kids and i we watched um, a lot of it um, we were not home when the guilty verdict was declared, but we got home. We started watching it. That was our social studies for the day. We talked a lot about it. So I just want to say that, you know, this is something that, you know, kids can talk about. Um, it's certainly white kids anyway. Some kids don't have the choice. Like this is their life every day. This is stuff that's happening. So anyway, I just want to put that out there because I'm an educator. And like even last year when we were watching Minneapolis burn... And my 11 year old, then 11 year old was watching with me. My husband's like, don't you think she's a little young to be watching this? And I'm like, no, like this is real life. This is what she needs. This is her history, too. And today is a victory. Um, it's not just for a victory for people of color. It is a victory for all of us who believe in equality and equal rights. Um, I'm sure we'll get some comments. A lot of people are hateful. I've even seen people on yours whenever you talk about it, just talk about this, that this is shit work and all sorts of crap like that. It's oh, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't really care people, about those but people. But people. It is, you, know.
0: You, you know me. I, listen, you know me very well. I know well. you don't,
1: my, but my, it my- irritates me.
0: My block button uh, has gotten quite a nice workout today. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, uh, look, I mean, listen. Uh, some people are angry, but a lot of people are very happy. Um, I've even seen – listen, I don't know why everything has to be everything, – everything has to be politically driven today, like even sports. So like this Saturday, for instance, you're not a UFC fan, are you? Uh, not really. Okay, so there's a fighter, George Masvidal – He is, he's a Trump supporter and he's fighting this week. And it's like, people are only watching just to cheer for him. And just because his political, uh, stances align with theirs. It's like, listen, I've never rooted for anybody because my politics align with theirs. I've never done that once. I've never, you know, purchased a brand of clothes or food or anything because of, of that. I I just, I've never understood that. But um, my my point is, I think people were trying to pick a side with this whole George Floyd situation only for political reasons. And it's like, why? Like, we need to start thinking for ourselves. We really do. And listen, there was a conservative talk host on Fox News who even said this. It's like, stop worrying so much about these politicians because we obsess over them for whatever weird reason but we know they don't give a damn about us. It's like, we need to speak for ourselves and and be obsessed with ourselves before anyone else.
1: Agreed, my friend. Also, George Floyd was a man. He was a father. You know, he was a brother. He was a friend. Oh my gosh, like an innocent man was murdered. Like, let's use the right terms. He was murdered. And, you know, everybody, they'll, you know, they'll throw him under the bus and try to trash his character, but it doesn't matter. He didn't deserve to die the way that he died. It was horrific. You know, and it doesn't matter what side you are on politically, except that I'm getting really, really tired of the conservative side trying to like act like this is okay because I'm over that. But regardless of the politics, this was a human being, one of many who was murdered in his prime. It doesn't matter if he wasn't, you know, a a perfect human being. None of us are, you know, how many of us have uh, family members who struggled with the same things that he was? I mean, I hate how it's like a pattern. And we, my my daughter, my 12-year-old today, because again, we were watching it, she said, and we were talking about the precedent and how it's so hard to see people be convicted of murder when they're a police officer. And she's like, why is this just now a precedent? And it's just such a good question because it should have been a precedent You know, a hundred years ago already, more than a hundred years ago, but, but, you know, our racism is showing and we have to, we have to grab that. We have to work through it. You know, this was a win for all of us.
0: Uh, Listen, uh, I, I, I tweeted um, uh, a series of videos showing so many incidents where white people who are being malicious and violent, they don't face a single bullet. Um, there was even one where uh, one man was shouting at police officers saying, you're going to die, like they're being very vulgar too. And I mean, these mm-hmm. people are not facing a single bullet. Uh, there's one very – people need to Google this or look it up on YouTube. There's a gentleman named Jerry York. He is resisting arrest from two police officers, uh, grabs one of their nightsticks and actually starts hitting – One of them is a female cop. He actually hit the female cop right on the breast line and is just hammering him as hard as he can. And it's like this person, and by the way, he stole a a cop car, drove off, and intentionally drove into another cop car and injured a total of three police officers. did not face a single bullet. And he's
1: still alive. And he's, yeah, he's still alive.
0: Here's the thing. If you remember what happened on January 6th at the Capitol, Uh, I mean, you saw Mm -hmm. what happened and there was not a lot of gunfire and I can't remember who this was, but there was an NFL player saying, we are not asking you to shoot them like you shoot us. We are asking you to not shoot them like you do not uh, for us as well. Exactly. Um, you know, here, here's the thing. I think a lot of people get very uncomfortable because, okay, my page is mostly sports. I get it. But I guess when a, a topic like this comes up, I saw the NFL release a statement, so many people got upset. Like, why is the NFL talking about this? This is absolutely a sports subject. Um, And I don't agree with everything Colin Kaepernick did uh, with the pick socks and all of that. But the reason this George Floyd incident was such a big deal, especially with Colin Kaepernick's name, it, you compared the two kneeling. And by the way, anybody who says, Oh, they're both offensive. No, they're not just stop right there. Um, Right. When Kaepernick and uh, Siobhan, when they put the kneeling side by side, it's like, look, if you're outraged by Kaepernick and you're not more outraged by the other one, then we've got issues. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that have a bigger issue with Kaepernick than what Siobhan did.
1: Let's let's say this. If you have an issue with Kaepernick, but you don't have an issue with the clown murderer that was – found guilty today your racism is showing you know and here's the truth we all have prejudice inside of us we all have bias you know a few years ago um when when one another i think it was michael brown when he was when all of that was blowing up in my mind i was thinking oh here we go again and i failed to see his community his humanity because i was on the other side i'm just like completely trying to make it okay. Because in my mind, I didn't want to talk about all the holes and hypocrisy that I was seeing, you know, it took, and that was probably when I started to realize, oh my God, this guy was a human. And I'm already just shutting off the TV because I don't want to see all of this again. My racism was showing. I can say that now. And I I say that because I know a lot of the people in my life, it's something that we go through. We're white, you know, we've always lived on one side. We have it. we've used our privilege for a long time. You know, we have to address it. We have to accept it. We have it, you know, and let's use it uh, to, to dismantle it for the, uh, we talked about that with my kids. I'm not being great right now with my words, but I mean, it, it's just, it's real life. Let's talk about it so that we can fight it, bring it down and truly be equal. It's going to take a really long time. But like with my friends that I've talked about, you know, we, we can't keep starting over every single new generation. You know, this has lasted long enough. You know, it's time for equality under the eyes of the law, especially in every single system, just like, you know, the president and vice president were saying today.
0: I didn't get a chance to listen to that. Um, uh, I'll have to watch a little later. By the way, did you see um, what Nancy Pelosi said?
1: I didn't. And I'm not a big fan of hers, but what did she say? I
0: don't, I don't know anyone who is a big fan of hers. She said, um, I want to thank George Floyd for sacrificing his life for justice. I'm like... What? And then you have, you know, Greg Gutfield on Fox News. He goes, um, the reason I'm glad, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he was saying he was glad uh, about the decision that was made just for the pure fact he did not want looting. And listen, I wrote a post about this. And for some reason, like people were still upset about this. You can condemn police brutality and you can condemn uh, looting and rioting I don't understand this whole notion that you have to pick One side like wh- when did we have To pick si- you know what side I'm on I'm on a side where like everybody is wrong You're all a bunch of idiots you don't know what you're Talking about but for some reason it's like That's a very small Group of people like you me and a few other People and I'm saying few because there aren't <laughs> A lot of people like this we have like our own Little circle where we just like we Reject every motion out There I mean listen <laughs> I think everyone knows, I, look, if you follow me on social media, you know who I voted for, but I didn't vote for this person because I think they're so glorious and great. And listen, this is two presidential elections in a row where we've had terrible candidates. I'm not saying one is way better than the other. Agreed. Um, but that's a topic for speak another time. to that time. one. Yes, straight to that one. But look, uh, it's just, we get so caught up um in this whole realm of politics like the, like the George Floyd thing was was political um you know listen if if Donald Trump comes out and says you know uh Netflix is horrible then all of a sudden we're going to see people boycott Netflix i say boycott but people said that about the NFL look what happened you you remember what happened with Gina Carano right so because she was removed no. from oh Gina Carano you don't know who that is Okay. No, she, educate me. She's a former MMA fighter, but she's more well known recently for being in Star Wars as the Mandalorian, which is exclusively on Disney Plus. Fantastic series. Uh they just wrapped up their second season. I want to say two or 3 months ago. Uh I could be wrong, but it's a fantastic show. If you're in if you're into Star Wars, uh it's it's definitely something you should definitely I'm not. Watch. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. But she um <laughs> she was talking about cancel culture recently. And she said, yes. um, she said, uh, Republicans today are like um, Jewish people uh, during the Holocaust. She made that comparison. Disney did not like that. They actually removed her completely from the show. And all of a sudden it's like, conservatives were against Disney and they wanted to boycott Star Wars and Disney Plus and, and liberals were all in favor of it. The cat in the hat and Dr. Seuss has now turned into a political thing. Like, I don't know what's happening to us as a nation where every single thing, like I, I am looking into an Apple product right now, okay? I am worried that this Apple product will one day be politicized.
1: Well, I, I can tell you a little bit about Dr. Seuss. Like I've been, I've been aware of that for a few years. So, you know, he was, he was racist and he admitted it at the end of his life. You know, he, he was a changed person and I believe, you know, I, I was pretty racist. You know, I believe that if I can change, good people can change. It's okay to, to learn and change, like stop being blinded by your church, stop being blinded by your political party. Like just look at your fellow human being, regardless of color, gender orientation of anything, and just see them as a freaking human you know, and and that they're worthwhile. I mean, and if you can do that, you can change. You have to believe all the truly fake news, the culture, you know, are older, the people that we're supposed to be respecting, but you know, Dr. Seuss even talked about how his earlier works were racist. He said it and he apologized for it. So the fact that some of those books are being, um, you know, taken off the shelves, good. That means that we're doing better. We're improving. You know, we should care what is offensive to other people. That's how you dismantle this whole system in the first place. You know, talking about how racism is in every single public sector out there in our education, that's one way we're doing better when we take off work um, or take out, you know, anything, any curriculum, any book that is traumatizing to other people or has that. And, And we may have to, you know, completely transform that because there's a lot of stuff that's tied into racism and white supremacy in every single system especially our education system and we need to change that i mean that's never been more obvious than it is now
0: Um, i'm gonna drink to that yes please do um by the way i have to go back to the whole um george floyd uh the 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 trial that that took place and we obviously heard the decision tuesday afternoon i don't know if you saw this i think i talked to you about this uh, earlier today when we were on the phone but the raiders uh the las vegas raiders they tweeted uh, a photo uh, basically a meme. Oh, I don't want to call it a meme. It, it, it's a photo with words in it. It says, I can't, <clears throat> excuse me, I can breathe with today's date uh, for 2021. A lot of people are lashing out on the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders are getting dragged because George Fuller obviously cannot breathe right now. I mean, it's, it's a little obvious why. Uh, I've seen a lot of NFL players. Uh, Both current and former players criticized the Raiders for this. Uh, The owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, he, uh, I guess he just did an interview with someone and he claims he is responsible for this tweet, which I do not believe owners do not create these kinds of things, Uh, but he claims responsibility for it. And he says the tweet will not be deleted. It's been up for a couple of hours now. Uh, Did you have a chance to see this or did you hear the uh, reactions to all of this?
1: Just, just from you, I, I didn't – I can look it up on my Twitter right now, but what is the main is, – is the complaint because George Floyd is dead and can't breathe?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, that's – like, I, I think the Raiders meant well with, with this message. Like, I'm sure they had a good intent, but, like, this is not the message, okay? Like, this is – maybe you could have – I don't know. It just said, uh, accountability or something like I, I get it. They want to say, they want to just use a couple of words to make a big statement. And I think they chose the wrong words in this case.
1: Right. They, okay. And, and, and I, I was going to look at the Raiders, but honestly, who wants, who wants to follow the Raiders? Like I don't follow the Raiders and I'm not going to start right now. Well, so anyway, the,
0: the running joke right now is th- out loud. the running joke right now is that the Raiders do everything wrong. So there's that.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. And, and I want to say this as somebody who um, is honestly acknowledged that I am a person that is learning how to be more anti-racist because I have an upgr- upbringing and, you know, f- in a very white supremacist culture. Okay. And I'm not afraid to say that. And I, and I say all of this because I hope it helps somebody else out there know that they can change um, you, when we decide to be um, an ally or to stand up against racism, and, and we learn we're going to make a lot of mistakes. We're going to make so many mistakes. And, and the thing is, is that when we make bad decisions that are more hurtful, we have to be genuine. We say we are sorry. And the Raiders should take that down. If a lot of people are saying this is not right and it's, it's just, it's not a good thing. Take it down and just say, you know what? It was bad taste. And, and just be genuine about it and go on. And that's what people will remember. Because when you decide to do better and be better, you're going to make mistakes. It's a human thing. We're humans. So just, you know, apologize and learn from it and keep growing.
0: Well, you know, uh, Raiders. I, 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 I want to go off what you were saying about, you know, trying to be better. Listen, I was one of those people when I first heard Black Lives Matter. And again, I think the message got very uh I mean, it was crossed and people didn't get the full message. And I think part of it is because I mentioned earlier Kaepernick, I didn't agree with everything he was saying in the beginning uh, with the pig socks and all. I was one of those people who said, why do black lives matter? All lives matter. But I think after some time Mm -hmm. when you see the incidents and you notice a very obvious pattern, you think, okay, they're not saying your life doesn't matter. In fact, it used to be called black lives matter too. A lot of people don't know that. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, are we just not wanting to listen or are we I was actually having this conversation with some people on social media today and it was a good rational logical conversation. Look, why are we at this point where there is so much fighting and looting and rioting? Is any of it right? No. No logical person is going to defend any of that. However, if you want to criticize Looting and rioting. If you want to criticize kneeling during the national anthem, look, you're allowed to. First of all, I, I strongly agree, agree with the rioting and looting. As far as the kneeling for the anthem, look, I, I think you can still be logical and, and say, hey, look, I disagree with kneeling for the anthem, but hear me out here. The problem is uh, athletes were wearing t shirts during pregame warm ups. Uh, they would put their hands up walking onto the field. They would speak out on social media. People were peacefully protesting and speaking up on these matters. The problem is rather than listening to them, so many people mocked them, made fun of them, and didn't want to hear them out. And unfortunately, their frustrations just escalated. And that's where we are today. We have uh, have a movement called Defund the Police, which I strongly disagree with, but because – no one wanted to listen to them for so long. They have they felt the need to bring this uh, and, and make this their their um, their movement again. I don't agree with defunding the police or rioting. I don't know any logical person who agrees with rioting and looting. I've seen people defend it, which is just disgusting. You can again, like I said earlier, you can still say both sides are wrong. I don't know why people are picking sides, but you know uh, this is why we are here because. I know a lot of people think today is a victorious day. I don't really view it that way. Cause I view it, you know, it's, it's a, it, it opens the door to make sure we, we make more progress because we have a lot of room to grow. We still do. And, and you can tell judging by some of the reactions tonight.
1: Exactly. And, and for all the groups that are so upset about protests and, 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 you know, are like stick to sports and all that other BS. I mean, again, All I can say is your racism is showing. If you can't get into line and let people use their own platforms as human beings and and voice their thoughts that are in their mind, the support for their teammates, their friends, their family members, themselves, like your racism is showing. And that's what it all comes down to. If you can't watch football because they're finally saying that we're going to do everything that we can to show that Black Lives Matter, your racism is showing. It's not about Politics. It's about humanity, and I just—I I do. This is my friend Hed—my friend Hedrick wrote this book, and I did a book chat with her a couple weeks ago. This is a children's book. If you have no idea what Black Lives Matter it means, it, what the movement is, get it. It's really cheap. It's on Amazon, and it, and it's you know for kids, so you're going to understand it. I've read it with my own kids, and it's not what everybody. It's not a terrorist organization. You know, it is just like you said. All lives cannot matter until black lives and every other life matters too. You know, all lives cannot matter until we stop marginalizing others. Now, I don't know if that day will ever come to pass. <laughs> Just like we're such a corrupt, you know, human, human like species. And I've been watching a lot of end of the world movies with my husband lately. And a lot of his like human, humans are evil. We're going to destroy your earth, all this stuff. So I don't, I don't know, like. I don't know if we're well, worth saving. I do have hope. I have hope though. Well,
0: listen, as a middle Eastern, you know, I've, I've come across, you know, racist comments over the years. Um, by the way, you know, you hardly get any more of those face to face. Um, it, it's once in a while, I get it on social media and you always, you know, ask yourself the question Would this person even say this face to face. No, of course not. Come on. Um, right. but no, look, um, yeah, listen, I, like I said, as a middle Eastern, I' I'm, I'm, I'm fully supportive of this notion of, of black lives matter because I get it you know uh b- black people have been ridiculed for a long time just because of their the color of their skin um, I've been judged just because I'm not you know a white American you know sorry <laughs> that's just not the way I, I was born unfortunately we're all different uh, I say unfortunately I sarcastically by the way but look um I do want to go back to what you were saying about the whole stick to sports notion with, with athletes and all, you know, I think it's so funny because when um, we mentioned the national Anthem, okay. What's the biggest complaint you've heard about the national Anthem protesting? You've heard that a lot of people would, were saying, do it at your own time. Let me step back. Actually. They said, don't do it during the Anthem. Okay. Do you remember the first game of the year when the chiefs and the Texans uh were getting ready to play they got together at midfield right before kickoff for a moment of unity not that it was not the national anthem and there was no kneeling mm-hmm. they just locked arms like this and uh, patrick mahomes and deshaun watson were next to each other several of the key players were you know up front in the middle and there were a lot of people online who hated that so it's not about the national anthem it's right. clearly the message by the way The other criticism, people have said, do it at your own time. Protest at your own time. Okay. When the George Floyd incident did happen last year, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tyron Matthew, and several other black players in the NFL got together and they made an NFL Black Lives Matter video. Their own time. No National Anthem, no game time, nothing. This was right. their own time. They're doing it at their own house, just like how you and I are are in our homes right now. Still got criticized for it. So it doesn't matter. Like, this is just further proof now. The National Anthem was never, ever the real issue. It was the message. People just didn't like the. And it wasn't even a Black Lives Matter message to begin with. You know, it was just a message against police brutality. So- again, this is why we're here. This is why we're seeing so much uh, of the the negativity, the hate, the violence, the looting, which again, none of it I am for. And I know you're not either, but I'm just explaining that is why we're here because nobody wants to listen in the beginning.
1: Right. And, you know, I, I'm not even, okay. So it's crazy. Cause you know, I spent time in Portland this weekend and there was another black man who was gunned down by police on Friday night when I was there. And, um, so I was at a salon. I was at the salon the day before getting my eyebrows done, and then I went to the salon the next day to get my hair done. And I do that on vacation because I have five kids and I can do that, okay? But when I went there the next day, you know, just a few feet away from where I was getting my hair done, there was broken glass. It had been, um, and, and my hairstylist was saying that, you know, they it had, you know, been a year since everybody was right. like this last year in Portland downtown, there's been writing, It's it's in the news, obviously. Yeah. But they were surprised it took that long for their glass to finally get bricks, you know? And so when I was getting my hair done, um, they started putting up the plywood, just, you know, 10 feet away from me, you know, uh, in downtown Portland. And it was just a very surreal moment. And even last year when everything started, I, I can't judge. Like, of course I don't want to see that. Nobody in the community wants to see that. But when you have been oppressed since this country began, before this country began, who are we to judge? You know, there is so much anger and the anger is continued to be fed by all of these people who are resisting, um, any sort of, you know, balance and unity, you know, that are just so afraid to change anything. And let's just get to, you know, to the, the reality of the national anthem. If you read the lyrics of the entire national anthem, it is also racist, you know, our country was built on, you know, free labor. And we are founded on a lot of racist beliefs. And I mean, we just can't get away from that. We just have to accept that we have to do better. It doesn't mean that we're horrible people. It doesn't mean that we are to blame. You know, once we realize our parts in the perpetuation of this, that's when it becomes obvious of what we do next, okay? And if we want to have a better nation, if we want to have a, uni- a unified nation, it's up to each of us. It, it takes all of us. It takes every single, you know, person of color, um, of every color I just, it, it is the time now to change and it's, it's the time to let go of all of these um, just these beliefs that it wasn't our fault and that, you know, other people did it. It doesn't matter. History is history. Let's do better, you know, and let, you know, people protesting peacefully, let them, geez, you know, Yeah.
0: No. Uh, Sorry, let's well, learn from him. No, no, uh, I, I I, don't disagree with a lot of what you said there. Yeah, uh, you know, well, I did want to say one other thing about one other thing, excuse me, about the uh, stick to sports thing. You know, Colby Covington, I mentioned earlier the UFC. Co- Co- Covington is a huge Trump supporter. And again, he's allowed to, he's allowed to feel that way. He's allowed to support him. But when he would constantly bring up Trump, during his fights like before and after his fights because in the UFC you you get interviewed after your fights especially if you win and I remember his last fight he was like uh you know Donald Trump's gonna make America great again he's gonna destroy Joe Biden in in the election which didn't really pan out that way but you know no one tells him sick to sports no one no one told him that right Um, I I did I didn't exactly I did want to say one other thing Um, because you mentioned the national anthem we've been talking about that Uh, I don't you probably don't know this I did not know this until last summer when this was such a big topic when the whole protesting during the anthem came back but um, I heard this on ESPN radio somebody called in and mentioned this Uh, there's there's a flag code you know how you treat the American flag all that stuff I could not tell you almost anything on that code The one thing that is in the flag code is it is disrespectful and offensive to hold the flag sideways. Every single NFL, Major League Baseball, wherever you go, when they pull out that flag that's almost as big as the field, they're holding it sideways. Okay. Now, it's not offensive to me. Apparently, in flag code, it is. But, you know, if you're so, you know, oh, I support the flag and everything behind it, well, then I guess you should be supporting flag code. But, it's it's not like anyone's ever talking about that either. So again, I'm not I'm not saying let's let's you know go against flag code. I'm just saying if you're not if you're against kneeling, which again that's not against flag code. Just saying.
1: I just want to say something. Listen, if you the flag is inanimate, the flag is not made of anything that can feel. Human beings are. If you are worried about the flag. You are worried about the wrong thing. I grew up learning that, you know, growing into this culture that, you know, the red, white, and blue, you know, and God, love, you know, I have a lot of friends who are military and they are amazing people. So I'm not trying to change any of my friends or any of the women and men who have sacrificed their lives for our country, not by any means, but they were doing really honestly for you and me. They weren't doing in anime that cannot thank them and yes some people's devotion to a flag is ridiculous and let's just remember that you know other countries you can't even wear a flag it's disrespectful to use the flag as clothing and look at our country we're wearing it all over the place we have shoes we have hair ties we have shirts shorts i mean but the reality is is that it's it's not about a flag a flag is not worth dying for human beings are you know And, and and we we have clouded our judgment when we make it about something that's inanimate, you know? So again, your racism is showing if you're upset about a damn flag.
0: Well, you know, what's so interesting is you just see all these people, you know, fighting over these kinds of things and, you know, don't get me wrong. It was being discussed, but, by the time, you know, Trump spoke up and said, oh, those SOBs, you know, fire them. It's like, that's when a lot of people who had no opinion whatsoever. That's when they suddenly got offended because Trump said something. OK, now I got to, you know, support him. And because he said this, it, it's, it's a mess. By the way, I, I brought this up many times and people always resort to personal attacks. The conversation basically ends when you say this, but um a soldier was the one who stood next to Kaepernick. He wanted to stand next to Kaepernick while he was kneeling. And uh, Nate Boyer, that's his name. He sp- spoke last summer and said the only offensive kneel I've seen is the one from from Derek Chavon. So uh, I did want to ask you exactly. Look, you're you're um, you're an author. You're an educator. I seriously, I, l- let me just say this: because of the political climate we're in today, I am really glad I graduated from college a couple of years ago. When I did. And as far as uh, my brother, I mean, he graduated right on time. I seriously could not imagine being in classrooms nowadays. I've been in college classrooms where there is a there is a religious debate and that drove somebody to tears one time. It's like I can't imagine what political conversations are like, because I've been in high school classrooms where you do talk about politics. But it's like now I, I, I just don't know if you can even have that conversation because you don't know what how that's going to turn out. Because if I was a teacher, I would quickly shut it down. I was like, no, we're not doing this. We're not fighting over any of this because let's be honest, we know how it's going to end. It's going to end in shouting and cursing and tears and all these kinds of crazy things.
1: Yeah. And I want to tell you that I'm not in the classroom right now. Um, so I want to just give props to every single educator, whether they're teaching face-to-face or hybrid or yes. completely virtually, like they are amazing. And and the teachers who are actually engaging in these conversations with their students are even more amazing so when I was in the in the classroom my students did talk about racism and they talked about you know like there were fights sometimes about you know the white boy trying to be a black um try to dance black stuff like that I mean that was from their mouths I mean we had to talk about this stuff you know um and 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 so to all the educators who are making space for them to talk about this like, God bless you. You're amazing. You can't get away from this kid. This is, this is our life right now. This is what we should be learning about. And we should be learning how to talk with people without like, you know, wanting to punch them in the face because they believe differently than us. And, and, and as a society, we are doing a disservice away from that even I need to work on that because every time you said Trump I want to just like vomit on the floor and here's the thing I have lost I don't know how many friends in the last few years because they they're loud they're getting loud and distracting me but I need (laughs) to be better about that as well you know we need to you know I have been dumped I was dumped by one of my best friends on in a text message. Well, I thought she was one of my best friends, you know, earlier this school year, uh, because I said that I was voting for um, not Trump, <laughs> you know? And so anyway, I didn't even know that this person felt that strong. I'm like, I have never changed from who I am online or face to face. I am the same. Um, but I have lost a lot of friends, even close friends, family members. They, they don't want to, you know, they steer clear. They can they can like my husband's you know, um, social media, but they don't, they steer clear of mine because I'm too vocal, even though he believes almost exactly the same way I do. He just doesn't express it as much. Um, you know, uh, it's like, we can't have any sort of disagreement and still support one another. And
0: no, uh, I mean, it it is, it is kind of annoying because, uh, by the way, if your kids are, you know, making noise or whatever, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, trust me. Um,
1: it's distracting my brain. I don't need any more
0: okay fair enough you get muting yourself and and like you're still in mid-sentence I don't know if you realize that
1: no because I'm like I'm trying to put my thoughts together I shouldn't even be drinking my uh, my bourbon or whatever and I'm trying to be serious and I'm hearing my kids talking yeah
0: look this is this is not a serious XM radio show where professionalism is like and by the way if you listen to serious XM there are so many shows on there where it's like the microphone is like this like and I have to take off my earbuds just to Get my point across. I don't even know how I sound right now, but it's like the microphone is so far away. That is the quality of radio on Sirius XM sometimes. But anyway, I, I, I digress. <laughs> um, so look, I, I mean, listen, I, I, like I said, I, I seriously would not want to be in a high school or, um, or a college classroom right now, or, or even, you know, elementary or middle school. I mean, just the thing, like, kids say a lot of nasty shit, a lot of racist shit. By the way, listen, I... Um, I don't know what your kids do for fun. I know How how old is your oldest kid? She's 12. Okay. I didn't realize that was such a hilarious question. I apologize. Um, How old is your...
1: (laughs) No, I'm laughing at your whole, the whole everything. I'm
0: giving you a hard time. Uh, How old is your youngest?
1: He's three and they're exactly nine years apart. They have the same birthday.
0: Oh, wow. What are the odds of that? Um, Okay. Here's what I was going to say because look, I'm I'm a video gamer. I play uh, video games sometimes um i'm sure you've heard of the game grand theft auto um so the past couple of grand theft autos see you're muted and I, and I could not hear you say yes but i can read lips at least i
1: i'm like thank you i'm like shut the door like i'm so sick of hearing them talk like just shut the no door. you're fine so it's I- not
0: a big deal uh if your kids want to come in and yeah i'll say hi to them no no worries but um okay here's the point i'm trying to make like i've played um I play Grand Theft Auto online sometimes. I never use my microphone to talk to other players. I just don't. Um, unless I actually know them like Dj and i we've we've played a few times. but if you play like these games like uh, like Grand Theft Auto, which is very it's rated M for mature for very obvious reasons. If you play Call of Duty online, um, you know you can interact with other players. My point is, you know, you can you can be a 40 year old and you could be playing, with a five-year-old or a 10-year-old and sometimes they actually butt heads and argue on the microphone saying a lot of nasty shit to each other listen I've heard arguments online five-year-olds 10-year-olds they know a lot of things they know every word in the book they know every insult in the book nowadays okay so it's like You know, the fact that we're in this crazy political climate where everything has to be politically driven and you have to have all these arguments because, God forbid, you have a rational disagreement on something. Everyone just resorts (sighs) to all these uh, personal attacks. It's like kids really do know a lot of things nowadays. I saw – I can't remember what led to this conversation on Twitter with somebody – But I remember saying, look, kids can get away with a lot of things online. You know, their parents might not know what they're looking up. And I remember someone tweeted me and said, I know exactly what my kids are seeing online. There's no way they can hide it. I'm like, that's what my parents said. okay? I've I've been on some websites. okay? look, we've all done it. Let's not act like we never did. Um, Yeah, I mean, listen, my point is kids know so many things nowadays. And in this climate, it's just it's not healthy, in my opinion.
1: I agree, and you know, and here's the thing, and I like talk to your kids. You know, um, if you want to raise kids that value humanity, don't shield them from what is going on right now. Like, they need to see it. This is their history. This is their life as well. And and if you are a believer that we should be unified, that we should have equality under the eyes of the law and under the eyes of each other, then talk about it. This is not um, age. This is not a not age appropriate. You know, I don't know what. The, It's like, this is their world too. They need to know what's going on. Um, I I see a lot of people trying to shield their kids all the time. And just like you said, even we, we don't allow our kids to be on devices anywhere, but where we are. They're not allowed to go downstairs. They have to be in our main living area and they have to do like their work. They have to do their, uh, their schoolwork. They have to do their chores, blah, blah, blah. And they still try to get away with all sorts of stuff. And they'll still try to sneak it downstairs. And they do. They do some weird stuff that I've caught them doing. I mean, they know what's going on. You know, kids are going to be kids. And the thing that we need to do is help guide them as much as possible. They're going to be who they're going to be. But if you value humanity... They're going to value humanity, especially if it's real and it's true. And you live that life. Like I probably in some ways am the worst mom. I mean, my mom tells me, I don't know how many times that I am like the worst mom. She believes that I am mom. So sometimes I think maybe I am. I, I, I say a lot of like cuss words in front of my kids. Like they, they hear it. There's a lot of ways that I could be a better mom. But what that they do know is that I help the homeless. They do know that I care about all lives, especially Black lives and people of color. They see that. They see me living it out. They see me writing about it and doing, you know, things in our community. They know that. That's going to be a part of their upbringing, you know, and, and they know that I'm going to apologize when I'm wrong. So those are at least things that I can live with, and I'm, I can also probably afford the therapy that they need to go to when they're, you know, when it's time. So it, it's like. Be with your kids, let them watch the news, talk about it with your kids. If you're an educator, you know, make space for your students to talk about it. You know, if their parents aren't talking about it with them at home, but it's burning on them and they really want to talk about it, then make that space. This is how we become better as humans talking about it. Like all the state testing that's going on right now is such bullshit. I want to say that out. Loud state testing right now is bullshit. I don't know any person, regular person, that thinks that it's doing anybody any good right now. But so making space for students and young people to talk about this would be good.
0: Oh, hold on, I want to back up because you've alluded to this a couple of times. and I know you kind of dove into this just just right now. But uh, I look, I'm I'm 29. I don't have kids. You, you're a mother of five. So um, young. How do how do you and your husband talk to your kids about? You know what's going on with racism and and how do you explain that how do you explain the pandemic like how do you discuss these serious issues with your kids like what do you tell them
1: thank you for asking i i tell them the truth you know i just spit when i said that i tell them the truth like i know this isn't popular but i told them that santa claus isn't real you know i believe you know when did you jesus. tell them I that? i want them to believe in jesus I told him that as soon as they freaking asked me to. It was real. Like, I, I tell him, I tell him the fucking truth. I'm like, listen, don't go to school and tell all your friends that Santa's not real. Like, you're, you're going to make a lot of moms mad if you do that. But I, I'm a Christian. I mean, I hate saying that because Christianity has such a bad... Name right now, but I believe in Christ. Like here's the thing. I want my kids to believe in Christ also, but I don't want them to get confused about what is really important. And I've seen parents like die or the fact that their kids, you know, just don't believe in Santa anymore, but they, you know, but they have no relationship with, you know, a faith that they also value. I mean, I'm gonna choose what's right. I don't care if my kids believe in Santa. Here's what I tell them about Santa. I'm like, listen, he's fun. Let's let's read stories about him, let's have fun with him and pretend, but he's not real. You know what I mean? This is not why we celebrate this. And then, you know, if if you're not sure where to start, because I grew up and you didn't talk a lot about this, like you didn't want to talk about race. You did not want to talk about racism because we were not racist. We were not, you know, discriminatory. There was nothing wrong with what we were doing. That's how I grew up. And you weren't supposed to talk about it because it was impolite. So if you're not even sure where to start, get books like this. And I love my friend Hedrick. She does. She has this Hedrick name. Oops. Hedrick, she has her own YouTube. She talks about how you can talk about it with kids. But just start being honest. They're smart. Kids know what's going on. If you listen to any, if you can remember about what you talked about on a school bus, you know that kids are smart and they know what is going on. Don't lie to them. Stop lying to them. If you want good human beings, start being honest with them. And if you have a faith that you value, start being honest with them about stuff. Stop lying. The thing about it is, is that I want my kids, like if they grow up and they say, mom, you know, you really, you, um, you, you know, you really made me feel bad about myself because you always said this about me. Like if they confront me with that, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm a piece of shit and I'm so sorry. Like I was wrong and I should not have done that. I'm not going to try to justify anything that I did that made my kids feel badly about themselves. Like, just be honest about your mistakes. I mean, it. They say honesty is the best policy. And, you know, my husband and I, yes, sometimes we, we, we don't agree about how to approach it with kids, but I feel like because there's so much hypocrisy about where I grew up um, and about like the faith that I called my own, but the way that was lived out and just, just going to say it's just filled with so many holes. That's why I am the way that I am. Like, I want to call that out. I want to talk about it. I want to be honest, you know, and I think that's the best thing when you start having kids, just be honest with them. You know, that's how, what's going to make good people.
0: You know, I just think it's so interesting because... Drink to that. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of think about that too sometimes. Like, and I'll say this. Uh, I have a friend of mine um, and I learned some bad news over the weekend with her. Um, she mentioned that she was diagnosed with colon cancer and has six months left to live. Um, she's a single mom of a, of a 12-year-old and... um you know so many people were asking her it's like what do you even tell your kid it's like and i know that's such a different um situation when when you compare that but it's like you know um if you're going to have these conversations you've got to be as you said you've got to be honest you've got to look at reality and, and explain what is happening and you know don't tell them something else is happening um as brutal as it may be whether it's you know you know, a family member diagnosed with cancer or, you know, what's going on in the world today with police brutality and racism and, uh, uh, you know, people storming into a capital, uh, a pandemic, you know, all so many crazy things. Again, these are all, you know, uh, dangerous in, in different ways, but um, you can't, yeah, as you said, you can't really hide kids from this. You know, you, ca- you have to explain why everyone has a mask now when you go out to a Walmart and hopefully things are getting better. They, it feels like a lot of things are getting better Mm -hmm. in that, in that realm. But um, yeah, it's so tough. Uh, It is when you just have those conversations. I've never thought of it. Uh, I mean, growing up, you know, I think the worst thing that may have happened during my childhood was nine 11. Um, And they Mm -hmm. just told us in school, it's not like, you know, my parents had to. and it's like, listen, it's, it's everywhere in the news. You, you see people, you know, getting gas and all these groceries uh, at the time. I'm sure you remember that better than I do, but, uh, you know, that's like the worst thing. And that was a terrible thing, but that's the only thing I should say, not the worst thing. The only thing that I I feel like in terms of terrible things that happened growing up as a kid, I ever had to discover on the news and just talk about with my parents. So, um, it just feels crazy to think about, think about all these things kids are seeing today in the world and how you got to educate them. And, And unfortunately, there are some bad educators out there uh, that maybe don't know how to have these conversations with their students. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that when you view it that way?
1: Yeah. So I agree. And and I don't want to call them bad educators because I feel like anybody that takes on the role as an educator probably has some good in them. Um, You know, so like even this weekend, I, I do a broadcast with a couple of my colleagues, Victoria Thompson and Dr. Eileen Winneker, and we do what's called courageous conversations in ed tech because that's kind of the world that I live in. We talk about, you know, educational technology and even this weekend work, it's called courageous conversations on purpose because you don't know where to start. You come together with people that don't necessarily believe the same way that you do. And, and, and you, and you realize that you might not even go away with um, you know, thoughts of agreement. Like you're just okay with the fact that you've learned something new, that you value somebody else's perspective, even if it's not the same as yours. And I think that's where we have to start is understanding that even when we see our students come through our door, they aren't living the same life that we lived. You know, they are not not seeing life in the same lens that we view life in. And we have to make space And one of the, and and, and I want to say courageous conversations is, um, is a book called, um, it's by Glenn Singleton and you can buy that off Amazon. It's an amazing way to approach talking about race and racism in a way that, um, people can actually voice, like, I don't know where to start. People can say that in all honesty and not be canceled automatically because they don't know that where to start. So, um, I, I would start somewhere there and just self, you know, educating yourself on that, um there, there is so much out there. If you really, really, really want to know the truth. And if you really value learning other people's perspective and you want to see what life is, there's a lot of, again, my friend, you know, she put this out there, this is for kids, but I, I promise you that an adult could read this and get a lot of value out of that. If, and I say this to also teachers, like if we don't know how to do Google Classroom, we will go to YouTube and figure out Google Classroom. If you want to know how to start conversations about race with your kids, go to YouTube. There's going to be teachers doing it. I do a broadcast and it's on my YouTube, which is bit.ly slash MJ writes, where people can, you know, listen in because this is something and I talk about it in my blog, um, which is, um, you all come on. Uh, my blog, which is uh, he gave me a melody.com dot com because I talk about the growth that I have. I've had a lot of growth in the last five years. And um and I'm very honest about sorry, my my toddler didn't have it No, you're today. fine. It's it's all I'm crying. But I mean and the thing is that I write about it because um because I, I feel like if I can change, anybody can change, you know, and and if you want to look that up and you want to find a place to start, you can do that. You can find out how to do anything on the.
0: You muted yourself early. So I don't know what you said at the end there, but you said a lot of great things. If you need to step away, if you (laughs) need to step away for a second, you can do that. Um, I'll hold the fort down here. Um, No, look, I, I think this has definitely been a really good conversation because you know there's a lot happening in the world and i think look here's my thing it's like think of the worst thing that's ever happened to you or your family or or what whatever you know, just think of bad things that have happened um that have impacted you on a personal level um i'm not a very religious person but i've always believed the man upstairs always has a reason for these things to happen my biggest thing is with all of these things happening today in our world like a pandemic this health pandemic you know all, all this talk about racism you know okay these things that have happened they can't be undone something good has to come out of it now so like for instance this whole george Floyd thing i mean a lot of people are saying that his life needs to matter and in this case you know there was a trial, and it was it took several days, but eventually they got to the bottom of it. And you know, a lot of people feel like they uh, that the jury made the right decision. So something good needed to come out of George Floyd's death, and we saw it in the end. There, um, what are your thoughts on that? When you kind of view it from that perspective, because again, I I, th- I feel like you know when something terrible happens, you can. You can do one or two things. You can make it worse or you can make it better.
1: Agreed. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I mean, for George Floyd's family, there's, I mean, he's gone. They, I'm sure that they would rather him be here than go through what they're going through right now. Yeah, of course, They're missing somebody that they loved. Um, I, I, I am a person of faith. Yes, I say the F word like nobody's business, but I am a person of faith. I don't know how to live this life outside of my faith. And I don't believe that God is so um, worried about how many F words I use. Like some people think like, I believe that he's more concerned about what we're doing with the platform that we have with the voice that we have with the influence that we have and the hearts that we have and who we're serving and, there is a verse in the Bible that talks about like that God can make all good things. Um, you know, even, does it matter like beauty from ashes? You know, he, he, he makes everything that is ugly and turns it into something beautiful. Um, and I'm sorry, like, I wish that I I used to be so good at Bible verses, but there is, there's a lot that talks about how a, a faith can, um, your faith can help you through all of that. And I do believe that we have to make it like something worthwhile. Let's, Let's not make his death be something in vain where we we make his name a hashtag or we make it a cause, but we, you know, we actually do something that he, he, it was a sacrifice. It was not a willing sacrifice. You know, he was murdered. And, And even if you can just get to that point to say that he was murdered, I think you're going in a step in the right direction. His humanity was stolen from him and it was not deserved. It doesn't matter what you think about him. And it doesn't matter about the mistakes that he made in his life. His humanity was murdered. And so even going in that direction and saying, I don't want this to keep happening to innocent people. Like the law doesn't protect people of color. Like it protects me as a white person. And that is not okay. So what can I do? Like, how can I educate myself when I see, you know, all of the cell phones, the people that recorded that, you know, although I, d- I didn't watch it to its entirety because I, I don't want to see a man die. Like that's traumatizing. And that was not, people accountable and, and holding the law accountable. I mean, we did a good job as a people saying that this matters. His life matters. You know, Breonna Taylor's life matters. Everybody that we've lost in the last few years, even the names that we don't know, there's countless lives that have been lost and murdered that we don't even know their names, but there are people suffering. Yeah. You know, um, today I got to talk about Emmett Till with my kids and they were like, oh my God. I'm like, and this didn't happen that long ago. This happened the year after your Meemaw was born you know? So it wasn't that long ago. Like people are still alive that have seen all of this murder happen. And, um, I I forget what your original question is, but
0: just just the fact that, you know, when bad things happen, make
1: something good about this. And I do believe that we have. Yeah. We can turn it around. We can use it. We can be angry. Let's look about why we're angry right now. You know, and, and examine that. And every single good thing that we ever do is starts with the reflection that we have. You know, if we are not able to understand why people are mourning George Floyd, that's personal work. He was a human being. If we can't understand that, it's it's something that we have to start like inside of our own minds. If we feel like Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group, that's something we have to start thinking about. Why do we think that? Who's told us that? You know, is it legitimate? Like, is there, is, can we back up this with like real truth or is this just something that has been, you know, told us that that emotional reaction happens and, and and to really know like Joe Biden, he's not a perfect man, you know, and Trump wasn't a perfect man. Like there's no political leader that is perfect, but you know, why do we choose the people that we choose and why do we hate when we, when we hear a name, I have to examine this all the time when I hear a certain name, why do I get really angry inside? Like these are things that we have to examine. And, and the truth is that the beauty can come out of that. It's unfortunate that we have to keep killing people for this to happen. You know, like nobody's life needs to be snuffed out early so that you and I can believe something different. That's, that's this the shittiest part of it all. Like let's, you know, people, when they see a black man, they get afraid. I have friends that are black that say that they even feel programmed that when they see a black man at nighttime, that they feel afraid. Why are we programmed at such a young age to, to, to think that? Because these are our brothers. These are our fellow neighbors. And, yeah. and as a Christian, we are, we are commanded to love our neighbors. You know, God loves our neighbors. Do we think that because we are Republican or we are Democrat, that we are somehow better? than other people, like let's examine those thoughts and let's, let's, you know, and when we get to our own humanity, I truly believe that we can also embrace other people's humanity that don't live like us, that don't look like us, that don't have the same orientation as us or the gender as us that are different from us. And that is exactly what helped me to come from one extreme to another, because I finally got to the truth of my own humanity, where I could finally accept me that I could accept other people and that is god in my life sorry
0: no that's great stuff Uh, i really appreciate you saying that i know uh listen some people when they hear these kinds of things they get uncomfortable and these are certainly conversations they're not ready for but uh listen uh i mean there have been a lot of things that people have hated to see in the last month and maybe have not enjoyed talking about but um everyone's aware now uh you don't have to enjoy talking about these things uh people know what's going on and they know you know, why these things are being brought to light. It's not like people are just bored and saying, hey, you know, let's make a big deal out of this. No. Um, so look, I mean, today, mm-hmm. you know, I think is a step in the right direction. I'm not going to sit here and celebrate and say it's a great day. Um, I do agree with justice and accountability. I mean, that certainly took place. Um, so hopefully it's a um, it's a step, a big step in the right direction. And we continue doing that because here's my thing. Like if we just go back uh, and turn around and, and just go back to the way things were before then today's for nothing in my opinion. So hopefully um that doesn't happen. Uh hey listen uh before we go and my internet's kind of going up and down. I know you've been cutting in and out a little bit. So uh I do want to wrap this up soon. You I, I'm really happy for you and proud of you. Uh you've done such a great job with your book. Uh you've expanded now the I'm Sorry story which I promise I'm going to read. I have not read a single book this year. That, that is embarrassing. Um that's that's it, it's it's been a rough year for me. <laughs> And that in reading a book, I, I, I'm not like an avid reader, but I look, I, I read a couple, a few books a year. Um, This year I've been terrible about it. I promise your book, it is sitting next to my bed. I swear it, your book, um, Stephen Knott's book, Jason Brown's book, which I've read part of, haven't read the whole thing. They're all sitting next to my bed. Anyway, um, one cool thing about your book is you have now expanded and there is your book is now also available in Spanish, which I think is awesome. Like it is, you, you can now just it is. reach out to a completely different cult country in this, which is awesome. Uh, I don't know how many people get to say that. Can you talk about how you were able to expand? Yes. There's the book right there for those listening to the video version of the podcast and there is the Spanish version. Yes. Um, can you talk about how that came to fruition and what is it like having your book available in, in Spanish now?
1: Well, thank you. You are such a sweet... This is why you're my brother, because I love you so no. much. Um, but I, I, I don't Mari. want this book next to your... Yes, I don't want this book next to your bed. Put it in the bathroom. So whenever you have like your longest moment in the bathroom... Oh, okay.
0: As you <laughs> throw a, your book away. Pick that book
1: up. <laughs> it's like it's a children's book for crying out loud. It takes like 15 minutes Oh. So you can read this in the bathroom, okay, Farzi? Okay. Freaking read the book. But here, my my good friend, um, Nicole Biscotti, that's her name right there. She is an amazing woman. I love her. She has an, another book out that I've also, if you are ever, if you ever tune into my book chats, she wrote this book right here, I Can Learn When I'm Moving, which is another great book. Um, but she translated this into Spanish. And, um, it's just, it's been incredible. You can find it at bit.ly slash I'm sorry, story Spanish. And, um, it's been absolutely incredible. And I want to say thanks to edumatch because they're the publishing company that I work for, but also that translated this and paid for it all, of course. And so it it was such a wonderful thing. And the cool thing is if you see the font, do you see how it's kind of a weird font?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so that's a dyslexia font. And this is a font that is, um, was made by somebody who has dyslexia. And um, even the English version also has this font. It's dyslexia. Because when I was in the classroom, I can't tell you how many kids that I taught that found out that they were dyslexic when they were in the fifth grade. I'm I mean, it's, it's unreal. And my whole point is now that I'm doing better as a human being, like to be as inclusive as possible. So I wrote this using kids of all colors. And then I wanted to also include my dyslexic readers. So, and then now I get to also include my Spanish readers. And one of the biggest joys of sharing my book with others is like, I have got to talk with people, with kids, young people all over the world from kindergarten to eighth grade. Um, it's been such an amazing time getting to read my book with people virtually and talk about it. And, um, and this has everything to do with my message. Like we all make mistakes. We are human beings. We can learn how to appreciate each other better, um, and how to be inclusive. So, um, it's been an incredible feeling to have this translated into the Spanish. Um, it's, it's not something that I've taken for granted. So thank you for bringing this up and putting a spotlight on it. I really appreciate it because, um, it's, it's, this, I love this story. It came from my heart. I feel like it came from me as an educator and a mom and as, you know, just a kid struggling because nobody said, nobody said they were sorry to me when I was growing up. And if, and if a sorry was told to me, it was always like, sorry, sorry. Like I didn't learn how to apologize to people, um, meaningfully until I was older. I had never heard a meaningful apology till I was older. And so that was always a mission that I had with the students that I taught and with my own personal children.
0: Well, there you so, we go. That is the "I'm Sorry" story. You, you, where can everyone get it?
1: You can get it at bitly slash "I'm Sorry" story, and that's all low caps and no spaces. And you can get the Spanish version by uh, that my wonderful friend Nicole Biscotti translated at bitly slash "I'm Sorry" story Spanish, all low caps altogether, no spaces.
0: Awesome. Well, there you have it. Uh Melody, thank you so much. It's always fun talking to you. I think the last time I talked to you like in this setting was that Super Bowl Eve party, which was a lot of fun, but 24 hours after the fact, um, not not so much. Uh, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, no, in all seriousness, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I always look forward to talking to you. Uh, I know we'll do this again in a couple of months, so uh, we'll keep in touch. And um, we'll definitely uh, have you back on. And in the meantime, go check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Melody McAllister. Uh, you can check out –
1: Actually, it's Facebook. It's facebook.com slash mj McCallie writes. Oh,
0: I'm I'm glad. I'm glad you, you said that. I apologize. So there you have it. Uh, Go follow her on Facebook. Check out her live broadcast on there. She does a lot of great things on there. Has so many different guests uh, that come on her, uh, her live broadcast. So check all of that out. Melody. Thank you so much. We'll keep in touch. Thank you. All right. If you guys enjoyed this episode of farce cash, share this on social media, share the links with your friends, let them know about the podcast. Share the links. We're all over uh, the internet. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Stitcher, uh, Pandora, Amazon. We're, I mean, any place where you can listen to a podcast. We are there. So check it out. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the links with your friends. Share them on social media. Until then, talk to you guys next week. The NFL Draft's coming up. Got a couple of guests that I'll be talking to before and afterwards. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Also, uh, Normally I don't reveal this, but I am very excited because... Uh, pretty uh, sometime in the month of May Shane Bishop the uh, producer for Dateline NBC he'll be joining me on the podcast that's gonna be a lot of fun and my friend Eddie Law who is part of the Believe Podcast Network t- does all kinds of things NFL, college football, uh, UFC he's gonna be on with me Sunday to recap UFC 262 I think it's 262 I can't even remember the number oh as Melody has her signs up I was actually looking on a different screen I didn't know you we were doing any of that uh, but nonetheless I appreciate everyone listening Uh, Got some exciting podcasts coming up. Tune in for those. Until then, I'll talk to you guys later. Take care.